Hello, and welcome to Back of the Grid, the minority of Formula One podcasting, where we sometimes punch above our weights, but in the end, the most talented ones among us end up following the money elsewhere. I'm Chris, and I'm joined by Tom and Stu again. Say hi. Hello. Hello. Oh, you sound thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, yeah, second test is over. That's all the F1 before the first race of the season now. That is Indeed. all the F1 before the F1 begins. Before the more F1, yeah, and it's come yeah. around super quickly. Mm, really quickly. The two weeks flew by as well, absolutely yeah. flew by. Unlike the McLarens. Straight oh god. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a McLaren fan, you're not going to enjoy this one. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't think many McLaren fans are enjoying much right now, let no, alone out the test. So I guess before we get into testing, uh, we'll go through a bit of news. Uh, and it's sad news to start with, unfortunately. Um, last week, John Surtees died aged 83. Uh, famously the only man to win world championships on two wheels and four wheels. Uh, there's been the sort of people from all over motorsport just saying how much of an absolute legend and wonderful man he was and yeah it's it's just really very sad isn't it yeah it's it, it's one of those that I, I don't know I didn't even see it coming kind of thing it's a weird one it hit me hit me a bit by surprise I think yeah more than anything because he's, he's still been quite active around like doing good wood like it was in his old Ferrari a year or two ago yeah good right driving it around yeah. Yeah, he so, just sort of turned up. He's still he's still riding motorbikes until not that long ago as well. Yeah, so uh, it was a bit of a surprise in that sense. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I didn't realize until I read up he was a four-time uh, uh, world champion on motorbikes in the fifties. Before he then yeah. went, let's give Formula One a go as well, and was immediately fantastic at that. Uh, won the world championship in nineteen sixty-four by a single point, beating the likes of um, Hill and Jim Clark, like. Yeah, no slouches. Um, yeah. Then briefly ran his own F1 team as well, which I didn't know, which was um, not super successful. But there you go. He was involved in A1GP before that folded, uh, and then of course he was sort of a big part of his son's career uh, until he was killed in that F2 race in 2009. Yeah, that was a, um, that was a sad day as well. And then he's yeah, uh, and then of course he set up the Henry Surtees Foundation, which has sort of helped people for years coming back from various injuries and he's been re-involved in motorsport safety and education and stuff he's just kind of been yeah. a fixture of motorsport for the last 60 years basically i think that the whole thing with his son as well that was part of where the um wheel tethers came in i think for a lot yeah, of motorsports it was a special f1 because that was the that was the thing that happened there it was a loose wheel that come off a car ahead and mm-hmm. kind of bounced along the track freely and oh, it was a horrible accident yeah it was that was not i remember seeing that one live on tv and you, you knew as soon, as soon as it had uh, happened you knew it was bad news i think it was a it's a very very grim one to see yeah yeah very sad for someone who survived one of the sort of most dangerous eras of the sport to then see his son die when it's supposed to be a lot safer but yeah yeah it's never gonna be completely safe i guess is it yeah um but yeah, it's just it was just really sad news actually. And like you say, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying that he probably should have been Sir John Surtees a very long time ago. But um, there you go. It depends how much stock you hold in that kind of thing. I does suppose. Um, does an OBE get you a Sir? Is that is that a Sir or is it not? I can't no, remember. It was an OBE, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. But I can't remember where they all rank. To be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just kind of really sad news to start off with really unfortunately yeah, yeah. Um, but moving on uh, GP2 is no more um, our new overlords of all things motorsport Liberty Media have uh, renamed GP2 Formula 2 which makes sense I guess yeah I think, I well, think that makes sense it, before it was GP2 it was something like it wasn't it Formula 2 before anyway or there Formula have, 2000 or something there have been Formula 2s yeah, in the past but they've not like followed F1 round like GP2 did right um, I'm thinking the confusing part is Formula 3 and Formula 4 obviously kind of already exist so they carry on as they are but then GP3 is going to carry on being GP3 at the moment because F3 already exists so that can't become F3 and then there's uh, V8 3.5 which kind of slots in somewhere and I guess Formula Renault still slots in somewhere 
Yeah, it's it, it makes sense to. I I never understood why they called it GP two in the no. first place. I I'd have thought F two when because it it was Formula three thousand, wasn't it? That disintegrated, not a f- previous Formula two. So Formula three thousand stopped, and then this came around. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and I, I'd have thought that it was always more logical to have it as F two, yeah. instead of Grand Prix two. And I think for your kind of um, garden variety Formula One fan who just tunes in on a Sunday, if you see Formula Two on the schedule, you kind of you know what you're getting with that. And yeah, yeah. you feel you feel like you're going to a, a, a Formula One event because the the name's derivative, so it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I I actually think they're going to get a lot more people watching it for that alone, which is kind yeah, of dumb in a way, but. The the logos airing towards the side of the F one as well. Yeah, it's like that italic it, F. Yeah, it, it's in blue, same as the GP two series used to be. Um, it's in exactly the same two shades of blue like that was, but it's more that italic F that that's got that look to it that the F one logo has. Hmm. Mm. Makes sense, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, kind of a good thing. I mean, GP two's been phenomenal the last few years, so more people watching that. Yeah, it's it's like I've said in previous episodes. I'm I'm I feel it a bit of a shame that it's not as much of a feeder series as it should be, yeah. and that the GP two sorry F two champions mm. as they will be now aren't getting those immediate seats in F one. But I suppose it, it is a limited market. You know, there's not it's not like there's tons of seats coming up every year. But I do think that that, that champion should get some kind of priority. You need a house team where the champion always goes to. Yeah, or at the very least, be guaranteed some like testing time or something. Yeah, yeah, a house team would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd, that'd be cool. Be really cool. Just like a little house team, the GP two champion comes up and is automatically in it, and then I don't know how they'd fill the other seat, but find a way, to find some kind of rule that fills the other seat. Then at that point, if they've not impressed anyone to sign them, then yeah, that's it. They've they're gone. But at least they've had the shot, which is what. Yeah. It, it the GP2 thing was designed to do. It was supposed to bring people up through. Exactly, like, yeah. what well, it, it has brought some good drivers through as well. So that's a good I, idea. That. Yeah, I like for that. sure. I mean, even well, you know, we've got um, oh, I've forgotten the name of the new guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> which not <new> Gasly. <laughs> Gas, Gas, Gasly's gone to uh, Japan, hasn't he, to to race some yeah. super Formula cars. Uh, Giovinazzi. We've got Giovinazzi now. He's a he's a stellar driver from. GP2 yeah, well, he's right, got the Ferrari seat, has he? The Ferrari reserve driver, is he now? Yeah, he's. He, I think he's going to end up in a similar situation to Palmer of being a, a GP2 yeah. elite that's going to have to sit around a year or two until a decent seat opens up for yeah. an F1. Yeah, um, I think so. Because he's got to be somewhere Ferrari are going to let him go. Because that's what was happened with Bianchi, wasn't it? Bianchi was like an F1 driver, official. Uh, sorry, a Ferrari driver officially, yeah. and then there was that deal with Manor and Ferrari for the engine supplier. So they sent him over with the engines, kind of thing. It's like we'll give you engines, but you've got to run our driver. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll end up in that kind of situation. Yeah, that's a good shout. Probably will. Uh, which is a shame, yeah, actually. Which is exactly why we need uh, a house team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have the idea for free, um, Liberty Media. Liberty Media. I'll, uh, it's all right. I'll um, I'll just give Ross a call after the show. And we'll, <laughs> I'll let him know that we've done it. He can plug us, and we'll give him his ideas. Well, the F1 head offices are moving like five minutes down the road from my office, actually. So I might just pop around on lunchtime and sort drop in a suggestion. <laughs> just take, just drop him yeah, an take, MP3 and yeah, say, exactly. yeah. <laughs> take him around a, a cup of sugar with an MP3 in it. That'll. Uh, that'll <laughs> <laughs> um. Speaking of young Ferrari drivers, uh, Esteban Gutierrez is joining Formula E for the rest of this season um, after mm. being dropped by Haas uh, at the end of last year. Um, and funny enough, that guy whose name we don't know. Yeah, after spending an episode <laughs> just saying how uh, Mar was just a non-entity in Formula E, clearly Tachita thinks so as well because they've dropped him. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, is weird because we were saying that we thought he was the Chinese driver driving for the Chinese team for that whole publicity thing. So clearly, that's not enough for them. That is not enough. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so he's making his debut at his home race in Mexico on the 1st of April. Um, teammates with Vern, which I think could be quite interesting, actually, because Vern is... 
a pretty decent driver. He's no slouch, so it'd be interesting to see yeah. how Gutierrez does against him. Um, he's supposedly been talking to a bunch of different teams because there's the whole Formula E calendar clashing with every other series in the world, so lots of drivers have commitments. So he was supposedly yeah. talking to Dragon and Renault and Virgin at some points, but he's opted for Toshita that will give him a seat for the whole season, which makes sense, I suppose. Mm. Uh, Just a, not a great car to be in, but Vern does kind of do all right with it. Yeah, I mean, Vern put it... Where did he finish? Second, third in the last race? It was it was up there, there and thereabouts, which is where why we were saying that... Yeah, which is why we were saying that... Um, in fact, he was second. Yes, he go. was. And then Mar was nowhere, which kind of shows... Yeah. It's not, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean Dragon still need to find a replacement for Loic Duval in Paris because he's off doing DTM stuff. Um, Buemi and Lopez aren't missing that anymore because they're flying overnight from... Monza to be at the race in time. Oh, is this uh, this club is... together flight that they've done? Yeah, I think they're getting like a <laughs> private jet between the two of them to fly from Monza to Paris overnight to be in time for a race. <laughs> the uh, joys Sam... of being a professional race driver. I know Sam Burton's having to miss a WEC test to do that race as well. It's all a bit of a mess, really. Interesting. He's he's preferring Formula E over yeah. World Endurance. Yeah, which is interesting. Very interesting. Mm. Um, but of course, that lots of them still have the problem in, I think it's Montreal and New York, where it clashes with a round of WEC, so they're still going to be missing races. It's all very silly. Yep. Considering they <laughs> have like month-long gaps in the calendar as well, and they still manage to drop the races on the same weekend as other stuff. Yeah, I think it can't be easy planning a motorsport series that doesn't clash with other things your drivers might be involved in. However... When you've got so few races at so exactly, few yeah. locations, you'd expect them to be able to work it out. <laughs> the, the trick, I think, the tricky, the really tricky thing comes for the, for Formula E. The tricky thing comes from the locations themselves because they're all yeah. in cities, so they've got. A, the, I, I imagine there's probably quite strict windows where they can and can't put them into these places because they're such obviously they're metropolises really a lot of the it's, it's all street yeah, circuits true. isn't it it's all yeah, closures yeah. so I suppose there is that factor we, maybe we're being too harsh on the FIA or not <laughs> I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but, what, one, the great thing about that though is that they do bring the racing to the people you don't have to drive for two hours out into the middle yep. of the countryside to get to the venue it is just there on your doorstep you get on a bit of public transport and you're in the grandstands and that's fantastic that's one of the best things about Formula E which I love just hope they get it back in London in the next year or two because yeah. Yeah. it's a shame not having it around here yeah mm-hmm. definitely uh, back to Formula 1 stuff um, Alonso's been saying some not nice things about the Honda engine in the back of his car um, he pretty much pinned all the blame for McLaren's testing woes on Honda saying it's got no power and no reliability do you think he might have used a particular phrase Chris? Uh, I think he might have done yeah should we do the soundbite? let's do it out of the race goes Pecky Inouye and Maldonado tries to go around the outside of it they almost touch but they're not quite but he was he over oh they hit oh, right. Hamilton's in the wall honestly what the f*** are we doing here <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan Ledger or whatever it is it is Jonathan Ledger yeah, yeah. isn't it I think every time with uh, a... <laughs> oh, every time every time <laughs> We will get to a week where me and Stu don't giggle at that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we might need to add something extra in, like uh, uh, we need Alonso's um, GP2 engine! <laughs> because it, it has suddenly become not yeah. just about people crashing, what the F are we doing here? It's just general team issues and things that are going really badly. Yeah. I mean, yep. Although so, I'm sure in the new season there will be plenty of crashes to be put into that, uh, to that soundbite. True. Yeah. True. I think it's more just that it's a testing phase, but yeah. I'm, I might still put his GP2 engine ram in there. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Next week or whenever yes. it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so sp- I think. Speaking of GP2 engines, yeah, he said that. <laughs> he said there's no reliability, no power. With 30 kilometers an hour down on the straight, every straight, so it's difficult to have a feeling on the car. Um, my favorite thing he said was, let me find it. A journalist asked him if he can take uh, turn three in Barcelona flat out. And he said, oh yeah, for us not only turn three, nearly all the corners are flat. <laughs> that is a good quote. <laughs> He's very good. 
Um, although, despite that, he has also said that he is really enjoying the new cars, um, saying that yeah. to be able to drive the way you want and not like a small child so the drivers don't overheat. I don't know how many small children he's seen driving racing cars, but there you go. <laughs> I, um, I like Alonso for this, which is he's not, he doesn't give a sh. Sorry, no. I shouldn't say that. Should I end this podcast? I'm <laughs> oh, well, that on here. <laughs> that's, there we go. I can put a beep on that. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he doesn't care, though, does he? He doesn't care what people people Not think or what no, people it's, say. It's he doesn't he don't care what Honda think or what Honda say. Like He's just going to speak his mind. He was doing it, obviously, the other year with the GP2 engine thing. He's done it this year already, and we've not even started yet, saying that the engine is just no good. But Honda aren't going to pull the finger out and do something about it, I don't think, unless they're being publicly humiliated like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, what are they going to do? Fire him? Yeah, exactly. He's pretty well, much yeah. all I've got going for yeah. them at the moment. He's, yeah. a man, he's a man with nothing to prove. Absolutely nothing to prove. Everyone knows he's, yeah. he's one of the best on the grid, if not the best. And... The only reason, the only reason he's still at McLaren is that huge, huge paycheck he gets. He gets forty million yeah. a year for being at McLaren, and that's probably more than they spend on the car. It's definitely more than they spend on this engine. Definitely. <laughs> 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 I did enjoy today as well. Um, apparently, somebody asked Eric Boulier. Um, they said like, now that Manor aren't on the grid, isn't there technically a spare Mercedes engine knocking around? And he kind of laughed it off and said, "Oh, we'd never be able to." make that fit in the back um, and someone said given how much space I've had to leave that Honda engine to cool I could probably fit a V12 in there if they wanted to <laughs> I thought it was going to be some kind of jab at the paint job then <laughs> now there's no manner on the grid do you feel you're filling the void <laughs> that's true <laughs> maybe, the, maybe the paint's like that though just hoping that Mercedes would accidentally give them an engine <laughs> oh manner you're back yes <laughs> <laughs> when did you sign Alonso um, winter testing <laughs> <laughs> we had a, we had a spare forty million laid around. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> um, so yeah, while we're Honda bashing, I guess should we just get straight into testing business? Yeah, let's be more specific about the Honda bashing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, day one, McLaren had power unit problems, um, setting a the theme for the rest of the week. Really, they made eighty laps, which mm. was actually quite good by their winter testing standards. Yeah. Um, Renault had a bunch of problems as well. They only made 15 laps on the first day, which is pretty atrocious. Um, that Renault is looking like a worry, actually. It, when it works, it seems quick, but it's had its fair share of issues, actually. Yeah, McLaren seems it's... to be kind of getting the bulk of the attention, but... I think, I think the thing that's sort of... Everything's sort of fallen into place in the sense that Mercedes obviously look where they'd expect to be. Ferrari look like they could be quite close to them this year, but we don't think Mercedes have shown the full hand yet. But Ferrari maybe have. Um, mm-hmm. Red Bull are probably Red Bull and Williams are probably going to be tied for third. At looking at it, and then Renault actually look like they could compete with Toro Rosso for the top of the best of the rest kind of thing. I think the Renault Toro Rosso fought India, sort yeah. of club is going to be quite close yeah even hassering amongst that though i think at the minute really it doesn't just look a, terrible a glance. yeah um, it's just sauber and mclaren bringing up the rear yeah as weird as that is to say <laughs> <laughs> i mean the number of laps they were doing looks even worse when you see uh massa and vettel both did 168 laps on day one which is yeah. more than two and a half race distances there which for I- one car to do that in one day is I mean, it's bulletproof, isn't it? McLaren have struggled to do a race distance in a single run. I'm not even sure the whole they of have. testing. I I can't think they have. Like obviously, Van Dorn managed 80 laps on day one, but they weren't all in one straight run, as far as I'm aware. They were they were no. in two either two or three little stages. So I don't think they've actually put a race distance together from start to finish yet. No, I don't think they've done a race yet. Ugh, I think the, 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 for Australia. I read the other day that mo- the most flying laps it had done uninterrupted was eleven laps. <laughs> that was de- that was definitely true as of first testing. I don't know what it's like now. That's, don't know if that's, that's gone up or down, but it's still bad either way. It's just no good, is it? <laughs> no. 
Um, there were no crazy times on day one. Massa was fastest with a one nineteen seven, which is mm. not blistering, but it's quick enough. That became sort of the the average kind of mark during a lot of testing, wasn't it? The hit were one nineteens, and then it kind yeah, of settled not, around there for a lot of the week. I think it's there's only about four or five teams who got down below one twenty across the yeah. week, so it's nothing to sniff at. Uh, day two, Bottas was fastest. That became the new benchmark for the whole test at one nineteen three. Um, on soft tires as well, not even the ultra softs. Um, yeah. it was interesting that Williams originally said they were going to put Massa <laughs> in the car for day one and two, and Stroll in the car for day three and four. Which I think <laughs> after his um exploits in the previous test, <laughs> they wanted to make sure Massa got some running. Um, off track adventures <laughs> yeah but they actually gave him the car for the afternoon on the second day and he didn't put it in the wall so that's good that's progress Yay. progress um, that also makes me wonder as well if with these new cars being so physical if that's uh, sort of massa needing a bit of time off as well potentially interesting I mean, he's, thought he's no spring chicken anymore is he um, no and and up until the Mercedes deal being finalised, he was planning on taking a year off and going and doing exactly, a Formula yeah. E or something. Yeah, yeah, it's probably so he, he wasn't he wasn't training for this at no. all. No. And after doing two and a half Grand Prix the day before, he probably was welcome of a of a lie down. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. the um the the thing is though, a lot of a lot of the guys have bulked up this year. They're, they've all been saying that the training in previous years yeah. has been slim down, get light, get under a certain weight for maximum car efficiency and, and whatever and being under a certain weight limit but now it's been bulk up get some muscle because the forces are going to be ridiculous considering how much mechanical grip there is now in the car and yep. then aero on top of that so you can um, see it well like it's, it's in some of the in some of the yeah. interviews that they've got necks like tree trunks some of these guys well they, they already had some of them yeah. like can you remember esteban gutierrez's neck <laughs> yeah, <he> was, <laughs> <laughs> it was like wider than the rest of his body it was in <laughs> he was like the man with the neck of all times <laughs> and now he's in, now that it's ideal for this series and he's gone yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's going to lose a stone on his neck alone in Formula E <laughs> <laughs> um, Raikkonen managed to put it in the wall at turn 3 um, just after lunch which put Ferrari out for the rest of the day so they didn't get as much running as they would have liked um, just to point out, did that ever get confirmed as a part failure? Because I was keeping an eye on it, and it had the air of a rear suspension issue or something. And Raikkonen seemed quite interested in the back of the car after he'd crashed it, as yeah. though he was looking for something that had gone wrong. Reading around, I've not actually seen anything confirm that or not. Mm. But it was a then, it was a very sudden sort of back end just went on him, wasn't it? So yeah. Um, then again, it's not really the type of thing, I suppose, that in testing they're going to turn around and say, oh, yeah, the, the car failed. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And disclose anything. No. Um, yeah. So that red flagged it for a while. Verstappen also got a red flag um, at the end of a long run, which I guess is just them testing the fuel limits. Well, that, that doesn't yeah. seem as much of that this year. I remember last year and the year before, they were all deliberately running out of fuel just to test the limits, but there doesn't seem to have been quite as much of that this year. I've probably dialed it in a little bit because the en the engines I haven't really so, changed yeah, that much have they but uh, I think it is still happening more test one than anything I, I remember seeing a good three or four red flags I think or, yeah. or at least people purposely running out of fuel and running off track for it um, but yeah I think it's more that the engines dialed in would be my guess yeah um, and I think getting to McLaren again I think this is probably the most worrying thing of all for McLaren they actually had no major problems for the entire day, and yet they still only did 46 laps, which is significantly less than anyone else. They just seem. Do you know why? They just seem afraid to even run the car. Like every time it goes out, it just does a couple of laps, comes back in, and they tinker for a while, and then. It's worrying. It's, it really is. I genuinely think there's a good chance they're going to be the slowest car this year. Have have either of you two seen the um, the comments? I'm not sure where they've surfaced from, but I've seen comments that the power unit is definitely the problem. There's no problem with the car from an aero sense, and it's literally the the engine itself is 
virtually shaking itself to failure because oh, it's really? not it's not working right and it's Whoa. not sitting right. I'm gonna have to remember where I where I saw it, but I'd it it was like a fairly reliable web publication for motorsport news and that was what was being said that apparently it's almost virtually shaking itself to death. So it's yeah, an imbalance I mean, somewhere uh, in the rotating yeah. that the engine. Mm. So that's I mean, that's a solvable problem if you can identify which part yeah. of it is is shaking its because that's and it, that must be an inherent design flaw then inside the in in, in the camshaft case like that. But it's also a problem you find out way before the engine even goes in the back of the car, isn't it? <laughs> you, you, I mean that that should come to light on a dyno. You, you wouldn't expect that. Yeah, exactly. Just in the surface when they put it in the car. So. I'll um, I'll read you the thing that I read word for word. Uh, unexpected vibrations from the Honda engine are causing McLaren's power unit to effectively shake itself into breaking down. Mm, that's, I mean, that's the that's the opening line of the article. That'll be why they're not running it for more than a couple of laps at a time, I suppose. Yeah, that's that's from. That's from like earlier today as well, as we record on Sunday. So that's quite fresh. Um, but I'd, I'd seen it literally just before we came on to record this. Well, the good news for McLaren is they've there's no engine to consistent this year. So if it does yeah. mean that they've got to have a bit of a rethink from the ground up, then there is provision for them to do that. Yeah. There is that. Definitely. I can only hope anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's about it for day two, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, day three, uh, Vettel went even faster. Got down to a one nineteen zero on the Ultrasofts, which is significantly faster than um, they've managed the last couple of years. And doing some long runs as well. Yes. Uh, laps. Sorry. Yeah, which is altogether from way. Uh, mm. A lot of people seem to be doing race sims actually on day three, so there were not other than Vettel's time. There weren't that many like headline times. I don't think. Still. Uh, Still much lower than we've seen previously around Catalonia, though. You can see the speed of the cars improving when they're doing long runs and hitting 120s. Yeah. Yeah. Long, slow runs. So Ocon did quite well on day three, didn't he? He was up there. Um, still doing long runs, but hitting a 120. Yeah, that's a good time for that Force India. Yeah. yeah, I'd have thought so. <clears throat> I mean, it's got Mercedes engine in the back, so you'd, it, it's got a lot going for it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Shame it's just got that um, forehead. Uh, yeah, the old forehead. And that which, horrible fin. It's like a beluga whale. Only be in... <laughs> it is. A are lot you like going to find another? Co- are you going to find a new comparison for it every week? Steve? <laughs> I can't <laughs> I what you said last it. week. <laughs> oh no, you called it the 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 forehead India, didn't you? That, that was, was it. it. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. That was it last week. So this That's week is the, the beluga one. whale. <laughs> The forehead India looks like a beluga whale. It's even got the fin on the top, just like a beluga whale's. Diff, 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 yeah. oh no, whales don't have fins. Anyway, that's off topic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's still, still prettier than that Force India. <laughs> <laughs> and probably faster than the McLaren. Probably. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, they had two massive... Uh, stoppages on day three with electrical issues now so at least they're having different issues every day to keep things fresh Uh, only managed 48 laps again significantly the least laps of the grid Um, that was Van Dorn in the car again Van Dorn's not had many laps all week actually has he yeah he's suffered the brunt of the testing issues hasn't he he's he's had the issues while he's been in the car which has then cut his time and then I think Alonso has had reduced time just because they've been trying to fix whatever's gone wrong. Um, I really, I really hope yeah. him being at McLaren doesn't hurt his career because he's showing everything of a potentially great so, driver. But he was so good in GP two, so he really good. Was. Honestly, I was sat watching him every week in GP two or every race weekend, or whatever, and I was just thinking he needs an F one drive. He need yeah. like he dominated that series from start to finish, and we're talking sort of. Hamilton win domination yeah. or Vettel, see, you know, Vettel at Red Bull domination, Schumacher at Ferrari. It was that kind of, they lined up every week and you thought, well, Van Dorn might be starting 10th, but he's still going to win this somehow. But then you think GP2 cars are, they're virtually the same across the grid. There's there's very little difference yeah. between them all in, yeah. other than mechanical setup as in, you know, aero adjustments and stuff. So 
for him to be that dominant in that series, I think shows his potential. And if that car lets him down, I'm going to be sad. Yeah, he, for him to have done, shown the way he did in GP2, he's got to have something that the other guys didn't have because the, yeah, guys, yeah. the cars are all the same. And look at when he stood in for Alonso in um, Bahrain last season. He just turned up, nailed mm. it. Like first ever race weekend, just absolutely nailed it. I think he outqualified Jensen, didn't he? He certainly. Uh, from memory, I think him. he might have done. Yeah. Did he? Did he even get a point? Or came very close to a point. He possibly? did. He did score points at McLaren last 10, season. I'm he? sure he did. Which is no mean feat, unfortunately. Not in that car as well, because yeah. even though. Well, Alonso's like this year's car to last year's. He says they've got a similar level of problems. He says it's not as bad as 2015, but it is oh, as bad th- as last year. So I don't know. At least it's not a step backwards, <laughs> but they've made very zero progression. <laughs> yeah. Is it better than Bruno Senna? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yes, he did score a point at Bahrain, by the way. Nice. Um, I think the highlight of day three for sure, though, was the emergence of has McLaren broken down dot com. Um, yeah, which I think is the sort of new has Maldonado crashed today dot com, which sadly doesn't exist anymore. Um, but yeah, they were on the ball as well. They were the second that McLaren stopped working, they were updating that website with with all the details. <laughs> um, just just to point out, the last breakdown of the McLaren, as per the website, was uh, March 10th at 10.52 GMT, Turn 4 of Circuit de Catalunya. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that is going to get updated in the not-too-distant future. Yeah. Yeah. Probably in around two weeks' time as of today. But we'll, we'll get to cars breaking down in Australia a bit later on, actually, won't we? Yeah. With our uh, predictions. Uh, what else happened on day three? Uh, um, Renault didn't do much either. Renault had yeah. Renault decided that middle of the day was a good time to change the engine, um, yeah. and then that engine immediately stopped working when Palmer tried to drive it, which was a shame. Um, Massa and Stroll both ran again the same day. Stroll still didn't put it in a wall. He's getting better, that kid. Kids are getting better. Mm-hmm. That's maybe right. Still- maybe, like we said last week, he's getting out of his system early. Yeah, it still wasn't anywhere on the timesheets, though, to be fair. <laughs> no, the Williams were plum last and last but one. Whether they were doing some form of testing, like very Probably. specific I testing. Mean, yeah, I mean, they've been fast plenty of other days, so yeah. don't think that's mm-hmm. too much to worry about. Uh, and I think that was about your lot for day three. More or less. Um, then day four, uh, Raikkonen just finally turned that Ferrari up a bit and kind of showed what it can really do um, and the fastest time went from Vettel's one nineteen zero to a one eighteen six, which is yes Kimmy very quick yeah that's the, um, that I actually forecasted five seconds difference isn't it it is yeah I actually saw a side by side video of Hamilton's pole lap from last year alongside that lap from Raikkonen and even by before they even got to turn four it was like three or four car length difference you've got to imagine that is a kind of that is a kind of area as well though that these new regulations are, are going to improve these times isn't it yeah. because that turn one two three are so an awesome clip of like the mercedes and the ferrari and the red bull all going round so from turn three into turn four and the, the foot was just flat you know they weren't even yeah. thinking about it and, and yeah. i know they've been pretty close to flat around there for a number of years but you could tell those cars were planted through that opening section of that track. Oh, look good. Yeah, I, w- I really great. want to go again this year. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it's made me want to go to Spain again just because I want to see them through that section live. Yeah. Be awesome. Um, Hamilton's time last year was one twenty two zero. So, I mean... Was that a quality oh, time? That was his, yeah, that was his pole position time. What tyres would that wow. have been on? That uh, would have been on... Or is it soft and super soft? Sorry, might have been reds. A good yeah. question. Uh, <laughs> soft senders. Yes, it was soft, hard, medium, yeah. and soft. Spain. So that's a comparable time then, because uh, Raikkonen's was on soft as well. Yep. Super soft. Sorry. And that's. I mean, that's still not going to be the fastest that car can go either. So that no, is. By the time they get there, they're going to have shaved another second off. I reckon. Before I they... think qualifying this year is going to be a spectacle. Yeah. 
yeah, it's that that opening qualifying thing at Melbourne is just gonna it, what that Q three I think is just gonna be ridiculous. It's gonna be fascinating, isn't it? Because mm. that's gonna be the first time we see them all turned right up. Yeah, and I just like, hope Mercedes don't go out and put it half a second faster than everyone else. Mm. The, they've still got something up their sleeve, and I, oh, the, the unfortunate thing I think is that. Raikkonen posting that time on the soft at uh, super soft, I think it's them getting close to their actual limit because uh, I know that um, Vettel's played them down a little bit. Whether it's yeah. just you know trying to divert a bit of attention away from them, but he's played it down, saying, "Look, we know that Mercedes never go full out at, at testing. Yeah. They, they turned up. We were, I think it was, we were a half a second behind them." In testing last year, we got to Melbourne and Melbourne, and they added like another point four of a second onto the gap. You know, so they've got reserves to just turn on. And I think I don't know whether he's trying to play it down because they are actually at full tilt, or whether he's trying to divert attention away because he knows they've got a little bit more that even they're not showing yet. I don't know, especially when Hamilton, meanwhile, is saying that he thinks Ferrari might be the fastest car so far. Mm. Well, do you want to know? Do you want to hear some interesting statistics uh, with some uh, fuel corrected and run connected and tyre corrected times? I would love testing. some. We'd stats. love that, Stu. That's why so, you're here. Drop some stats. Um, let's let's stat this up. So, Staty Stu. Um, if we look at the fastest possible time from each each team and um, sort of correct all the fuel stats and stuff like that and get it all, so it's. Uh, as though we're simulating a qualifying session, mm-hmm. then Ferrari actually come out on top based on everything we've seen so far with a one nineteen zero. Um, Mercedes are behind them with a one nineteen eight eight tenths back. Wow. Um, Red Bull are on an, e- uh, an even one nineteen eight as well. Um, then we've got Williams one twenty point four, Toro Rosso one twenty nine, Renault one twenty one dead, um, Force India one twenty one two, Haas one twenty one four. Sauber 122 dead and the McLaren 122.3 so plum last but um, there's there's a bit of time yet before the actual Melbourne but the interesting Mm. the interesting thing about that is the is the huge eight tenths gap between Ferrari and Mercedes Um, yeah which seems I mean it's not that much yeah (laughs) definitely not that much but it just does show you how fast that Ferrari yeah the thing is you can you can measure the times and you can see what tires are on you can do all of that and see how many laps i've done no one knows how much fuel is in and a lot of people apparently think mercedes always test with very full fuel tanks so that alone could easily shave a good few tenths off that time yeah which is why in recent years they've always had such amazing race pace i think because although the cars are fast under low fuel in quality I think that that is partially down more to the, the driver's talents that they'd had in previous years, as in Hamilton's qualifying talent and Rosberg's talent. And yeah. I think it was more them because that car has just been so good in race condition, full fuel for so long to get that distance out. You know, they'll go out, they'll stomp a gap and then they'll just cruise and hold it. And yeah. I think that's maybe where they've built the car to be to be strong in those opening quarter to open in third, yeah. third of a race to then build a gap and go uh, well, and then the rest of it's driver talent it's a similar approach to um red bull's dominance isn't it it's yeah qualify at the front get a gap maintain it as soon as you yeah. that car's behind someone else that's when it starts to struggle but yeah mm-hmm. but this year they i mean they can't design their cars like that anymore because they are no. behind they need to be able to run in clean in, in dirty air the the really sort of worrying thing for me this season is whether or not the air will be so dirty behind these cars whether they will be able to yeah it remains to be seen doesn't it mm. I would like to think that it, it, it's hard because the cars look nicer they're a lot lot faster but I just hope that they can run behind each other and overtake because Hamilton and a couple of people have said that they're not sure that they'll be able to. They've not. They've said they've not got a pure faith in the fact that this will work. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he shouldn't be complaining anyway. If he gets out there in front with a, a strong car, he's not got to worry about yeah, following yeah, anyone. That is true. Unless he gets a penalty and gets shunted to the back of the grid. 
Yeah. <clears throat> Although I do think that unlike previous years, if it does turn out they've just broken their ability to overtake this year, I don't think the new bosses will hang around and let that linger for years. Yeah. I think no, they no. will just say, this doesn't Definitely work. Not. Let's have a new set of rules and make it work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, day four, what else happened? Um, Raikkonen, after setting his blistering time, uh, the car broke down. I've had a handful of breakdowns in testing, <laughs> haven't they? Uh, that Ferrari uh, doesn't look bulletproof. Yeah. Um, was it a, what kind of breakdown was it? Was it a mechanical failure that one? I don't I miss that they one. Said he, he, they said uh. he just stopped on track. I think he. Oh, that was it. He slowed down towards the end of the lap and he went off onto the old version of the circuit and then his rear axle locked and spun him round and he had to be recovered. So there was something mechanical going on in there. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. So it's not bulletproof the Ferrari. It's fast, but it's not not bulletproof. I, I really want Raikkonen to do well. He's like my secret love in Formula <laughs> 1 for, forever. It still um, amazes me he's still there, to be honest. It's, it's every it's season. Awesome. Is he the oldest driver on the grid now? Oh, no, Massa would be the oldest, won't he? Massa will yeah. be well, he would have, I think Raikkonen right. would have been. Well, yeah, when, Massa, when, then, and then Hamilton, actually, bizarrely. Yeah. Yeah, when, um, when Button and Massa were both retiring, I think it would have made Raikkonen the oldest. Yeah. Oh, Alonso so, as well. Where's Alonso fit into? Oh yeah, Alonso must fit in there somewhere. Yeah. Alonso and Raikkonen started around the same time, didn't they? And because they did, didn't they? Both do a couple of years before Hamilton popped up in two thousand and eight. Because Alonso won oh six and oh seven, and Raikkonen won oh eight. So they were definitely because yeah. My maths is failing me, but <laughs> th- those three are around about the oldest. Uh, Raikkonen's 37, same as Jensen. Massa's 35. No, sorry, this is a year old. So Raikkonen's 38, Massa's 36, Alonso is also uh, 36. He's older than Massa. 38. I, I thought Massa was older than Alonso. Raikkonen's a legend in more ways than one. Yeah. 38 and driving a Formula One car, that's quite old. He looks good for and it. And driving it fast. Yeah, and driving it well fast. Like, well, and fast. he's got a smoking hot woman. He's <laughs> <laughs> not doing it's... bad in life, is he? <laughs> yeah, sorry, no, he's still he's still 37. He's nearly 38. Considering the, the life he's led as well, he's, he's looking all right yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah he, uh, he's like my secret love affair in Formula One, though. I've always <laughs> loved him. It's that just clean finish air. Great. It's good for you. Yeah. And just the pure... Audacity to not care what anyone thinks. Yeah, I do love the attitude. Leave, just leave, yeah, just leave him alone. He knows what he's doing. He's also a driver with nothing to prove. He's got a championship under his belt. He's, yeah, that's he's true. Yeah. He, in the same I mean, there's way not many people who can. Not many people who can leave Formula One for a bit and then go. Oh, actually, I think I fancy a bit more Formula yeah. One and just <laughs> stroll back in. Yeah. Like, yeah. that just doesn't happen. That's not possible. And. Andy won as well uh, when because he walked back into that Lotus team, didn't he? Uh, yeah. When it was still Lotus. Oh yeah. And and they had a vaguely competitive car early in the season, mm. and he was winning races. It's ridiculous. He won, it was right up there. He won at Spa, I think, didn't he? Um, and yeah, he also won the, and, and, then, and then it, it won Abu Dhabi because that was uh, leave me alone. I know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's hope we can get him. Hopefully we'll, he'll get a few more podiums and maybe even some wins this season. That'd be Fingers great. Crossed. I'd like that. Yeah, I mean, you can see the lap time he's banging in, in testing. He's clearly still, still got it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Stroll did the most laps of anyone. Uh, he managed. Where's he gone? What? What? I've lost him. 132 laps Stroll managed, and he didn't crash in any of them. What? What? <laughs> I know. That kid, he's got something. Nice. Get your money on him now. <laughs> He wasn't particularly so he quick, spent, but he didn't crash it. So he spends his first session in everything, crashing around, and then he comes yeah. in and just... Yeah. 120s as well. Low 120s. Yeah. Mm. So. And, the well. and that's on Not soft tyres. Yeah. Um, McLaren had another day of no real major issues, but still only 43 laps. Fewest of any team again. <sighs> which is... We could we could go on and on about how bad things are for McLaren. Yeah, is it, this, this has turned into the uh, let's all hate on McLaren podcast. They just, there's just no way that car's seen the end of Melbourne. 
Mm. No way it's making it to the end of it. Unless by some miracle everything works all of a sudden. The thing, the thing with this is, is this, I don't know, is this a Honda problem or not? Or is it a formula problem, as in the formula of the engines? Because when you think about it, Renault still aren't quite there with their engines. And Ferrari have struggled for a few years, and now they're finally getting on par. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, is it to do with the, the technology and the engines being a bit OTT? Or... They're certainly very complicated bits of kit, but... Yeah, I mean Honda I know, what, is one of the best if, companies in the world or things like that if I surveyed you two right now and said you've got the option of the engines staying as they are now but everyone's runs properly <laughs> or we go back to V8s or something something like Legacy and go back which would you pick? I'd rather <sighs> stick with what we've got because really? I think, I, think Formula, I would. I think Formula One should be the pinnacle of technology. I don't think it's necessarily about making lots of noise. I'm no. not thinking from a noise perspective. I'm thinking more from a if there's a legitimate argument that a V8 would be faster than the hybrid, would you prefer to go back to it? If they could say, well, this will make the cars faster and it will make them better and they will be the pinnacle. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm just wired a bit weirdly, but it's the the crazy technology is a lot of the reason I like Formula 1 like yeah. V8s have been around for god knows how long we know we know V8s work we know what they do but when someone's coming along and just like things like Mercedes kind of deconstructed a concept of a turbo and rebuilt it differently and stuff like that it's like stuff like that pushing forward is just fascinating to yeah. me and the other the other yeah. fascinating thing about the way they run these cars as well is the, is the efficiency they're getting from these engines. They're on like fifty percent thermal efficiency from a from a combustion engine, because of the True. way the rules are set up is to fuel economy is everything in this sport now. And although people say a lot of this, a lot of people come out with the idea that this technology is not necessarily finding its way into road cars. The technology about efficiency will for sure find its way to road cars because yeah, that's, I mean, that I mean, sells cars. So Yeah, I mean, they're going faster now than they were four or five years ago on half the fuel, yeah. which is That's the achievement, isn't it? That, yeah. that is the achievement in itself. Not, ne- not even necessarily improving the speed of the car from an engine point of view, but more the efficiency of that same engine yeah. yeah and they don't shout about that enough you know like that yeah but for too long and, it, and it'll hopefully it'll change now liberty media around but for too long there's been people sort of who are too really really quick to slag the sport off and not quick enough to 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 promote it for its merits and hopefully liberty media will change that yeah hopefully do a better job of selling it which has kind of not been the case for the last few years has it yeah they need you two in charge of PR. That's what they need. <laughs> <laughs> you ever ever wondered why people don't like uh, hybrid engines? Well, listen to these two. They will convert you. <laughs> uh, we have some very boring conversations you, and that what, sort of stuff, um, don't we? Tom, what would you do? Would you keep the current or would you well, get old? I think, I think if everyone was on top of the technology level Mercedes are, I'd be happy with it. it so I wouldn't... But... I understand people's calls of the technology is too complicated. We're supposed to be running high performance cars, and they're not high performance cars because they're failing all the time because it's too complicated. So I can understand people's viewpoint, but if I was given the option of both engines fully working and people being on top of them, I would like you to stay where we are. It just depresses me to see teams like McLaren yeah. and a, a manufacturer like Honda in that scenario because they are a manufacturer you would expect to be on top of this and yeah mercedes might have been researching what they were going to do for three years before we even moved to these engines but yeah i think that's a bit irrelevant i think that if honda knew that they were coming back into it which they did they could have been doing the same thing before putting it in the back of the mclaren in 2015 the other thing about uh, how much how much of the fact that Honda only supply one team, do you think contributes to the fact that they're having all these reliability issues? They've got half true. There half is that as well. Engines to to get mileage on, so should, that must contribute to yeah to this. I mean, even if every team did the same number of laps in testing, Mercedes immediately have 
four times as much data to work with. Yeah. Yeah. They really need a second team running Hondas, but for I sure, mean, nobody's going to do that. At the minute, no one's going to do it exactly. No. So yeah. catch twenty two, isn't it? Really is. They needed they needed somebody other than McLaren from day one to take it on. That's what they needed, even if it was yeah. one of the back of the grid teams. Hey, hey. <laughs> I mean, to do that. <laughs> that was accidental. <laughs> I mean, Manon would have made a lot of sense actually because they had quite a few link-ups with. I know they they have Mercedes, yeah. aren't they? Like yeah, before, but it, that's, that that's were, where right? it all came through. They, they were, they were all those new teams were Cosworths, weren't they? And then, yeah. Yeah. and then Manor hooked up with Ferrari. No, is that right? Yes, that works. That's where sort of the Bianchi going to them thing came from. Yeah, yeah. And then they swapped to Mercedes yeah. after that, which is where they got Verline. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the, the scope's yeah. been there for McLaren to kind of have a bit of a B team, but they just just doesn't seem to interest them, does it? No, well, no. As well, how much of this is Ron's influence? Kind of, sort of. I yeah, think, there is I that. Think he's held them back for a while, you know. It, it sounds harsh, like because I've, I've got quite, a, I've got a heck of a lot of respect for Ron Dennis. I think he's a very talented man, but you just some of the rhetoric that you hear sort of on in the interviews and on TV about about the team and about the way the team's run points towards a bit of an sometimes maybe a bit of an archaic sort of approach. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. He seems very stuck in his ways, I think, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, maybe that's why he's, he's... Did he move himself out of the equation or was he moved... No, he got arrested. Yeah. He's still trying to get it back. He's, 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 yeah, he's not given up yet, has he? No, not yet. Which is fair play mm. to him. <laughs> it's dogged to say the least. So. <laughs> there was rumblings of him um, saving Manor as well at one point. Mm. That would have been ultimate um, comeback, wouldn't it, for that him to cool, get yeah. ousted from McLaren, sort out Manor, and then just pump tons of money into <laughs> it, and then do a Ross Braun. <laughs> just be like, yeah, yeah this I is mean, my team, and we're taking on Mercedes. <laughs> here's an interesting thought. Um, on looking at this day four timesheet, um, if Manu were in the uh, in the championship still, where on that timesheet do you think they would be? Interesting. Um, if, they'd, if they'd had a trouble-free winter, I think they would probably have been ahead of Sauber. If they'd have like just scraped through and survived, then I think that'd have been dead last. Yeah, I, I think. I, it, I think it also depend on which engine they got a deal with to put in the back of it. Yeah, if you're still yeah. Mercedes, if, then... if they're stuck with the Mercedes, I think they could have maybe, like you say, sort of been there or thereabouts. Maybe even faster than McLaren. Someone likes, yeah, and yeah. they could have been there or thereabouts. But because to be fair to them, until the end of last season, they were holding their own in front of Sauber, albeit yeah. they were. You know, we were talking like one and two points and stuff, but they picked up some points, and yeah. you know they were they were in front of Sauber on merit, and they were outperforming Sauber. So yeah, they were really unlucky in Brazil, weren't they? That was that was what the one that caught that was it. Yeah, that was Sauber did it. One result, yeah. one freak result. Yeah. Mm. I'd, right. I'd probably put them above McLaren. I think that'd be my if they still had the Mercedes, like you said. I think that yeah, sounds about right. Above them, McLaren. Sorry, come anyway. <laughs> <laughs> No, go ahead. I was going to move us on, but if you want to ramble... No, no that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm done rambling about manner. <laughs> cool. So I guess no testing's done. First race is in two weeks today, as a recording anyway. So we're going to do a little predictions game across the season that we've definitely not cobbled together in the last couple of hours talking on Facebook. <laughs> so I think that we're going to each predict five different things for each race. We've decided on pole position, winner of the race first retirement uh, the number of finishes in the race and then the finishing position of a randomly selected driver and we'll each pick all of those categories and allocate points depending on how we do yeah. um, we talked a lot about points and I can't even remember what we landed on we'll figure it out and tell you after I, Australia I think the safest bet for us is a single point if you get it right and then like half a point if you're the closest if no one gets it right that makes sense but we'll yeah. work out some we'll figure it out yeah. it'll yeah. be fine yeah. um, so should we, should we get to it yeah uh, yeah who wants to go first uh, um, well, if we're going in, al- if we're going in alphabetical yeah. order <laughs> Chris wants to go yeah, first yeah you 
Okay, reverse alphabetical order. Um, so let's go category. Uh, that's me, isn't it then? Oh, S T U. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know the alphabet. Maths and alphabet, alphabet have not been our strong point today, have they? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, interesting fact for you. Did you know that today, well, I said today, between now and Melbourne is the only time this season Fernando Alonso will be top of the World Championship? <laughs> that is because he's done alphabetically by surname. M- <laughs> unless he... by some miracle they fix that. Yeah. You never know. That could have been sandbagging like no one's sandbagged before. <laughs> <laughs> the, world, the world's best sandbaggers. Yeah, sandbagging with oh no, it's on. broken down again. Oh. <laughs> He's just got a kill switch in the cockpit. Like, oh yeah. no, it's dying. <laughs> Mode 22, Fernando. Oh, it's broken again. <laughs> um, right, let's go category by category then. So Tom, I guess you can go first. Oh, pole position. It's a pole, man. Um, and I've got to guess pole, haven't I, as well? Or predict pole, should I say? Um, I'm going to go really left field and say Raikkonen. Nice. Stu, what are you thinking? Ah, <laughs> I was going to say Raikkonen, but um, actually, I'm I'm going to say Vettel. Ooh, interesting. Ooh, two Ferraris. <laughs> I then, because I was tempted by both of those, so I'm going to go Hamilton for that one. Okay, I, I think you're the most likely to get points. I'm not so sure, you know. He's just going to pick Hamilton for it, isn't it? <laughs> copy, paste, copy, paste. <laughs> um, so how about... Do we have to go first again? Uh, we could mix it up a bit, I suppose. Yeah. All right, <laughs> Stu. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go for this. I'm going to say Hamilton for the win. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting because I'll go next. I'm going to go the reverse of you and say Vettel to win. Oh. And I'm just going to keep being left field and say Bottas. Bottas, oh. <laughs> I'd like that. I hope you're right, actually. I would, I would be entirely happy with the Raikkonen and Paul and the Bottas win. <laughs> please bear in mind, this is basically what I want to happen, not what is ever going to happen. <laughs> um, first retirement. I'll go first on this one. And I'm going to say... I'm going to say Alonso. There's a choice of two, isn't there? <laughs> I, I, I think there's a choice of three. Oh, oh. Is, is the other one the one that I think it is? I think, maybe? I think it is. <laughs> is, is it me next? Yeah, you can go next. Uh, I'm assuming we're just talking any form of retirement, not just mechanical. Yeah. As in, Bottom when he crashes into something, yeah. Lance Stroll <laughs> will be the first. Yeah, my finger's already on the S button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I've, uh, I'll go. I'll go Van Dorn just to keep it. <laughs> I I also fear that if me or you are right, Stu, they might not even make the grid. Oh, I'm very worried about that McLaren race one. Yeah. Uh, right, random driver. Are oh, we doing number finishes next. first? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to go first this time, Tom? Yeah. Uh, I will go with 20 cars this season remember yeah I'm going to go with 16 finishes 16 nice Mm. Um, I am going to go I'm going to go 18 feeling slightly more confident I'm going to say 17 you're going to sit in the middle aren't you (laughs) Uh, and then random a random driver. So thank you Who to is? our sponsor, randomnumbergenerator.com. <laughs> um, number 17. 8, 10, 12. 17 is... Who is 17? Uh, I've just got a list of drivers and I've picked the 17th one down. Oh, okay. Which is... Danny Kvyat. Oof, what a horrible... Oh, it's awful, a isn't it? Difficult one, yeah. It's so horrible. Uh, oh god! Can I change my number of finishers? <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> um, who's going first on this? It's, so it's my turn, turn to go maybe. first. My yeah, um, I'm going to put him. Actually, I'm going to put him up in seventh. Seventh? That's bold. Yeah. Uh, shall I go next? I'm yeah, going to go twelfth. I think 
the, the car might be good enough for even Kvyat to scrape a point if he doesn't crash into anyone, so 10th. 10th. That's, that's, yeah, that's an interesting spread. Mm. Cool. So that is what probably isn't going to happen in Melbourne. Um, <laughs> I think if any of us are right on any of those, <laughs> it'll be a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think... got very, all very left-field predictions, those. <laughs> Mine are just random. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's going to happen, don't you? Some combination of the pole and winner that we've got is going to be the wrong way around. So it's yeah. going to be like, uh, who have we not said? Well, technically, a... for you two, that's that's okay, because one of you is going to get it then. Yeah. You It'll probably be Bottas, pole right and now. a Raikkonen and win, so no one gets a point. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. So, yeah, post-Melbourne, uh, we'll figure out some kind of points for that and see how we've all done. You mean um, I will? Oh, thanks for certain volunteering. people won't be here. Oh, oh, certain people won't be, be here, here. yes. <laughs> uh, yes, the next episode will be after Melbourne on the 26th of March. Uh, me and Stu won't be here because we'll be on a mountain. Um, on we, a mountain? We hope, yeah. We're going to hopefully try and watch the race via shoddy hotel Wi-Fi. Um, yeah. We might even try and record... <laughs> yeah. We might even try and record a little clip of something and send it on, depending on. We'll um, we'll get you are. in on Skype. Yeah. yeah, could do could do could do a live feed during the race, <laughs> live like Gogglebox for Formula. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think us. Oh, I'll tell you what is classic Gogglebox TV. Do you remember the year Button won um, Montreal? Mm-hmm. From the back, yeah, in, in the mixed conditions and everything, you know that moment when uh, Vettel slid out and Button went past him. Yeah, that was like a, a just an awesome moment where it's one of the only times I've ever sworn in front of my mother and she didn't care. <laughs> I was hol- I was holding my iPad just like looking at something whilst watching that, and, I, and my iPad literally went up, hit the ceiling, came back down, cracked me on the head, and I just went. Effing get in, Jensen! Yes! <laughs> and my mum was just like, Yeah! Because she was like a huge Jensen fan as well. Hey, but, see, yeah. see when, when that race was on, I had a hangover on a coach back from Leeds to London. So I missed it. <clears throat> um, and I think Good. I got a text from you, Stuart, something stupid like half eight at night saying, You need to watch this race. To which I said, How on earth are you still watching the race at this time? And the the hilarious thing was, I would have missed most of that race because I was on a train down to London from Doncaster at that point. (laughs) We're really good at being busy on race weekends. Yeah, we are. We're not selling ourselves as very good Formula 1 fans on this. Have I I picked the the worst two people to host? (laughs) We may well have done that. Never here. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, we're also looking at booking... um, World Endurance Championship tickets, which are on an F1 race weekend as well. Oh, are they? No! I don't know. I might be actually at a wedding that weekend, so I, don't, I need to check that out. Anyway, Unbelievable. Oh, by the by. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I think that's everything, though, unless anyone's got anything else they want to desperately talk about. No, we should just plug ourselves a little bit. Yeah, we can do some plugs if you want. Um, so you can keep an eye on backofthegrid.com for any ramblings that we have, or you can follow us on Twitter at backofthegridf1. Uh, or you can also hear us doing other podcasts I'm on Don't Lose Your Headline every week if you like weird news or you can listen to That King Thing if you like video games uh, which I'm going to be on this week actually nice bit of crossover yeah yeah, yeah. basically, can't get basically me and you just podcast together for life it's, <laughs> it's becoming that way isn't it <laughs> podcast friends <laughs> the, the little packet podcast package apparently. <laughs> uh, is there anything you want to plug Stu? Uh, not this week. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna save up my plugs for a for a future date. <laughs> yeah, there might be there might be a good plug in the future, but not just yet. Yeah. As have either of you played Motorsport Manager? Yeah, yes, I've got it. You have, haven't you, Chris? Yeah. yeah. Well, that just reminds me of when you're doing the votes on changes in the regulations. Like, no, I'm gonna <laughs> save my. I know that the vote will go in my favour no matter what, so I'm going to save my vote for a double vote next time. <laughs> We'll get to like the Brazilian Grand Prix and Stu will just talk for like 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, just take over the entire podcast. <laughs> this is the Stu episode. Yeah. No Formula One, just my plugs. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that'll, that'll do, won't it, for now? Yeah, I'll, I'll just give a quick shout out to one definite co-host we'll have next week, which is uh, James Hargreaves. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, he's from... 
the Squeak, which is a, another weekly podcast. He's another podcast friend, uh, but he's actually a listener of the show. It says we're doing really well, guys. Oh, thanks. So it was very, it was very pleased to be invited on when I said, "Would you like to come and help out?" Excellent. Oh, great. Um, and then I've got somebody else lined up, but I don't know if he's definite yet, so I'll not. I'll mention that maybe on Twitter later in the week or something, or nearer the time. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, but yes, James Hargreaves will definitely be joining me next week. Oh no, it's not next week, is it? Two in weeks. A fortnight. Two weeks time. Yeah. I look forward to it. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Good stuff. Excellent. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. Once more. It's all right. And we'll. You're part of the furniture now, yeah, Stu. Yeah, committed. <laughs> that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm trapped. I'll never leave. We own you like now. You're the, the Royston Vasey of podcasts. <laughs> you're, 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 you're like the reserve driver. You, we'll, we'll wheel you out during testing and preseason and stuff like that. And FP3. You're our own um, Carmen Jordan. Which when you, yeah, call me, yeah. just call me Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> but is he better than Bruno? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Uh. <laughs> just say goodbye, then, yeah, guys. Say goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> find myself dancing to that music every week. <laughs> I do. It's, it's, it's a banger.